0: Good morning everyone. It's good to see everyone this morning. Welcome to 2024. I know we've been been here for about a week, but um, here we go. A new year. We had a great Advent season together celebrating the coming of our Savior, the anticipation of Christ returning. Uh, Last week, what a special time that was as a church family as we gathered um, on New Year's Eve and we met and we prayed together. We worshiped together, we prayed together, We gave uh, praise to Jesus, we examined our lives, we prayed for each other, our church, the new year, and then we celebrated by taking communion together. It was a very special Sunday morning. And so this morning we gather again to praise Jesus, to open up his word. And so, uh, but as we kind of begin this year together, I want to encourage you and your family to stay connected, Stay stay connected to God's family. Come, come a little earlier on Sunday mornings uh, join us for Bible study uh, we have Bible study for for all ages um, get get you know dive, dive a little bit deeper into god 's word together um, get involved in in our youth ministry if you 're a student get involved in, in helping out with our youth ministry if you 're a parent or a, or someone that wants to, to to walk alongside and disciple students get connected to our Men's and women's group that meet alternately on Wednesday nights—a way to way to connect with them and to go deeper into God's Word, to pray for each other, get connected, stay connected. I was uh, reading, uh, listening to a podcast this week, and they were talking about since about 2012, and this is this was several years before COVID, but since 2012, this crazy ramp up of anxiety, depression suicide, etc. I mean, that's so about 2012. And, that, and they were kind of correlating that, you know, like, okay, that's kind of social media kind of hit. We kind of all got onto our screens, com- started comparing our lives to things and, you know, just this kind of craziness that happened. And it, and it said, and it's not just since COVID, but it was this amazing, and there was this amazing increase of anxiety, depression, suicide in teenagers. Okay. So this was, this was uh, a guy that wrote a book and, and he's a, he was a Jewish, Jewish man, um, but this is kind of what he came at the end. He's like, one of the encouragements that he gave, he's like, it was amazing, though, that the Christians that were part of a community had way less anxiety. The, the Christians that, had a, that were part of a, uh, the, the students that were part of a youth group had way less anxiety and depression. He's like, there's something about being a part of a community that helped soften and, and ease some of this anxiety. And I was like, yeah, that's the church, right? It's the body of Christ. That's that's why we gather together. That's why it was great to have online church but it was not great to stay there in our homes. We needed to come back together and, and worship together. We need each other. The author of Hebrews encouraged this even back, even when the church, early church was starting and there, were, there was issues in the early church from the beginning as it grew and it struggled. But this is what the author of Hebrews said in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. He said, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as it is a habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let's stay connected. Get connected. Let church, and this is not, this is not the pastor trying to, trying to get numbers. You know that's not me, okay? That's not me. This is not trying to build up our programs. This is just saying, this is healthy. Get connected. Come to church Put that on your calendar if you have to. It's like, Sunday morning, we're going to get up and go to church, and we're going to go to Bible study. Come on, kids, we're going. You know, It's like, just say this is important, and realize that it's biblical, that it's important to your health and to your spiritual walk. So that's my encouragement as we start this year together. I'm so thankful as we begin the new year together, and I'm excited we get to go back to Acts. We're going back to Acts. We, we, um, it's been, it's been a several weeks. The, very, the last sermon preached in the book of Acts was uh, Josh Franzoni, the week the weekend after Thanksgiving. And Josh preached from Acts 12, 1 through 19. And then the next week we got into our Advent series, and then we um, we had a quick um, we had a time of you know like where we met together and we prayed together last week and we had our Christmas Eve service. So we're going, we're going back. So I want to give us just a quick little rewind of where we are. So open your Bibles to Acts chapter 12. Okay, so here we go. little quick, quick rewind, at least just to where we are in chapter 12, because we're going to finish out chapter 12. Okay, so what was happening? The, the new church continued to be persecuted. Herod the king had James, the brother of John, killed. He also laid, says he laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church, so the church was being persecuted. He also thought it would be really cool and mean to have Peter arrested, and so he put Peter in prison. And so here, here we are, the church is persecuted, people have been, have been killed, Herod the king is upset, he puts Peter in prison. And so what did the church do? It says in um, Acts chapter 12 that they all pack their bags And they ran for the hills, and they created the most beautiful commune with massive walls never to be seen or heard of again. Is that, is that, oh, that's a different translation. I'm sorry. That is not what happened. Okay. You know I joke. Okay. I'm being sarcastic. That's a joke. Okay. So no, they did not do that. No, it says instead they all gathered their swords and they stormed the prison jail with their swords. Nope. Wrong. Okay. That is not what happened either. What did they do? Someone? They prayed. Oh my goodness! Okay, they didn't run away. They didn't go hide. They didn't gather their army and like, let's go, let's go break and Peter out of. Pre-. They they first they got they got on their knees and they prayed. Earnest prayer for him was made by God, made to God by the church. They prayed. The church prayed, and I just I think as we think about all the stuff that we see and all the. Stuff that's on the news and all this, I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is just this world is so terrible." This so terrible. What should we be doing? What we did last Sunday, right? We gathered and prayed. We gathered and got together and prayed for each other and for the church and for direction, for courage, for strength. And this is what the church did as, as we saw as we saw in chapter two, as we see in chapter twelve, they prayed, and in God's sovereignty, God rescued Peter. He rescued, by by the church praying, Lord, help us to find out what you're doing, help us to join you in what you have us do. God rescued Peter the way he wanted to, the way that brought glory to God. And an angel came, he woke Peter, he told him to get up, and Peter followed the angel. God rescued Peter from the, the hand of Herod, and so Peter then went to the house of Mary where people were gathered, they were praying, and he knocked on the door. Rhoda heard Peter's voice, told and Rhoda goes in and says to the group that that were praying, hey Peter's at the door, by the way. I heard Peter's voice and you guys are praying for him. Well Peter's here. And they did what what all of us most likely would have done and said, Rhoda, you're out of your mind. There's no way. God can't I mean obviously God can't work that fast, right? But they, they figured it out. It's like, oh, my goodness, this is really Peter. God is amazing. God did. We got on our knees, and God did what he was going to do, where he would get the glory. And so then they let Peter in. I can't imagine how their faith grew that night. I mean, can you imagine? Isn't it cool that by stopping and waiting and being patient and saying, Lord, what would you have us to do? We, we want to seek you instead of just running scared or running in anger. They they waited on the Lord, they saw what he did, and think about how their faith grew that night as they were on their knees praying. Peter then departed, he went to another place. Herod searched for him, could not find him. Here's the thing, Herod was angry, Herod was embarrassed, Herod was mean, Herod was evil. He ordered the sentries that had been guarding Peter, he put them to death, and this is where we pick up in the story this morning. I'm going to have Ed, come and read our passage, so we're going to be in Acts chapter 12. Here's the mic over here. He's going to read it, and he's going to pray for us. Acts chapter 12, verses 20 through 25. Now Harry was angry. Amen. So here you go. This is what expository preaching gives us. So you're thinking, 2024, where's my vision sermon, right? That's what you're wanting, right? Our New Year's resolution sermon, our get us excited for the New Year sermon, what do we get? We get Herod eaten by worms. Okay, so here we go. All right, this is what this is what the cool thing about expository preaching. We just keep walking through it. We go to the next thing. We go to the next hard thing. And sometimes we're like, why, Why God, this doesn't seem like the, the right time. Where's our cool sermon series for this? This is what we get. This is God's Word. But here's the thing. As I studied this this week and, and I worked through this and I kind of got past the initial like struck down, eaten by worms, things like, okay, what's going on in here? This is a powerful message. And the first thing that we see, and something that we need to just to hear so clearly and be reminded of in our lives, the first thing that we see in verses 20 through 23 is this, God cannot be mocked. God cannot be mocked. We find Herod angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. Herod was lost. He did not know Jesus. He was evil. He was, he was, I'm sure he was angry a lot. Most people that don't know Jesus are angry a lot. And this was several months after Peter's escape, and for some reason Herod became angry with some other people. Okay, so he became, he was always angry. He was angry at anything that was messing up his plan. And so in this section, we see that he was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. We might be like, well, why? So we we study this a little bit, and we kind of let me explain what's going on here. Tyre and Sidon, they were completely outside Herod's jurisdiction. But ever since the Old Testament times, these two areas had been fed, like food, by the region ruled by Herod. That's where they got their food. And so, for some reason, Herod got angry with them, and he was blocking their food. He was, and they and they were like, "Okay, we've got to figure out." What's going on? These people saw the danger here to their well-being. They were not being able to get food to their families or to their area, to their region. And so they knew that they had to do something to win back the favor of Herod. Okay, they needed food. So this is, we got just political struggle here. We got stuff that we see, that we've seen throughout time. They needed to make Peace. So, what did they do? It says that they first won over Blastus, the king's chamberlain. So, chamberlain. So, how did they do it? Maybe they paid him off. Maybe they gave him money. Maybe they brought him gifts. But somehow they won him over, and this man, blasted, Blastus, acted as a go-between between Herod and these people. Okay, so they were going to try. This, they were going to bring Herod over here. And they were going to try to make peace so that they could get food. So here, Herod agreed to meet with the people, okay? And so in true Herod fashion, Herod came to put on a show. He's like, let me show you who I am. Let me show you how great that I am. He treated them to a spectacle, okay? How do we know this? So we look at at this passage, look at verse 21. It says, on an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne and delivered an oration to them. Okay, that's, that's all we get, right? And sometimes we have to go, okay, this is what the Bible gives us. But here's what's really cool. There's, there was a Jewish historian. His name was Josephus. Anybody ever heard of this guy? Okay, so he was around, and he wrote history about what was going. So what's really cool is we have some stuff from him that he wrote about this specific occasion. So, so we have verse 21 in the Bible that says, Herod came... He, um, he put on his royal robes on a certain special day, appointed day, and then he, and he talked to him. Okay, Josephus goes into way more detail. Herod picked a festival day, an appointed day. He then arrived and he presented himself in the theater of Caesarea, the theater built by his grandfather, Herod the Great. Josephus says that he, w- he wore a robe that was woven out of silver, and he showed up when the sun was coming up at a certain level so that everything sparkled off of him. It said that it even blinded some people. It was so bright. Herod arrived at just that right point. It this, this was flashing off the robe, blinding the people, and then it says that he gave this incredible speech. Okay, so now we have kind of a picture of what Herod's doing. Like, look at me. Look at how great I am. And so the people were taken by this, but also the people—they were going to say anything, they, anything, right? They just wanted food. They're like, "You are a great guy. Please open up the blockade. Give us food." So, so we have this picture. That there, he's speaking to the, pe- the people. It stirred the people, and they shouted, "The voice of God, and not of a man." And so then, all and so what we have here, we have. This next, this next thing, and the people were shouting the voice of God and man, verse 22, and then 23 just goes right there. Immediately, an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory, and he was eaten by worms. and Turning point. The Bible does not go into great detail about what, what went through Herod's mind when he heard the people saying how great you are. But we do know what happened. Herod heard the shouts, you are like a god. You are not just a man. And then an angel struck him down. Now now it says he was struck him down. I mean, we just we take that what it is, okay? Josephus mentions it and he says Herod held on for five days. So I mean you look at the history and you're like, well, it's probably, yeah, God did this thing, probably gave him some kind of a parasite, tapeworm, whatever it was in his body, and it killed him, okay? But the point is here, why was he struck down? The point is, he did not give God glory. He didn't give God glory. God cannot be mocked. Now, we can kind of just go past this, okay, good, here's a bad dude, he got eaten by worms, okay, let's move on. But here's the thing, here's, what is the deep truth here? It's, it's a reminder to all of us as we start this year, as we start 2024, as we start And think about what God is doing in our lives and what we're hoping to see. And as we move back into the book of Acts, here's what we're reminded and challenged about. We are challenged and encouraged to tell people about Jesus. Because Herod was struck down. Herod died. Herod was lost. Herod is like so many people we come in contact with who do not know Jesus, who are not saved. Herod did not give glory to the God, glory to God. Herod was guilty, and I want, to, I want us to, to look at a passage here. Herod was guilty of the crime that so many are guilty of that Paul talks about in Romans. Let's turn to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 1 verses 18 through 23. Paul talks about people just like Herod. Paul talks about people who were like us before Jesus. Paul talks about those who know truth, who know and do not give God glory. Romans 1, 18 through 23, listen to this powerful passage that Paul writes. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. And exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals. And we can just picture Herod. That's that's who he was. But Paul's talking about many people here: those without Christ, those who do not give glory to God, those who are without excuse. For what can be known about God is plain to them, for they knew God, but they did not honor him. If you are a follower of Christ, you were once there. You were lost. Do you remember that? Like, as a child, I mean, I was, I was eight when I got saved, and I remember my time. I, I remember being called. I remember being pursued by the Lord. I remember literally, like, crawling under the pew in my church because I did not want to go down front. I remember that. My wife can tell you stories about how she ran, and she knew she needed to be saved, and she ran from the Lord, even as a child, just like I, just running. Like we knew, at that point, we were without excuse. We needed Jesus, We needed to be saved. If you were a follower of Christ, you were there also. But thank the Lord, God pursued you. Thank the Lord, God called you. And in faith, you called on the name of the Lord, and you were saved. And so we think about this story about this evil king as this kind of different person. It's like, oh, this, oh that bad, bad dude back there. He was an evil king struck dead by God and eaten by worms. I mean, I know that's not, that doesn't seem like a fitting New Year's sermon, but I believe it is an incredible reminder of our calling as a church. How many Herods do we know? How many have heard the truth? How many have been in this world and seen God's creation, the invisible attributes? How many, Herod's, do we just kind of walk by who need to know about Jesus, right? They're there. They're not, how many? How will they know? How will they know about the hope of Christ if we don't go and tell them, if we don't share Jesus with them Romans 10 14 through 15 says how then will they call on him in whom they have not Believed and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard and how are they to hear without someone preaching and How are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach? Yes, God is the one who saves God is the one who calls. God is the one who pursues. It's all God salvation is all him but he allows us to be a part of that, to go, to be the beautiful feet. He allows us to be those that get to preach the good news. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. If you want a vision sermon for 2024, there you go. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of of the age. Let us be light. There are lost people. There are lost people that if they die, they will be in hell because they were without Jesus. Just like Herod, all about himself, all about himself, did not give glory to God. So as we move into this new year, let us be sensitive to where God is working. Can, let us be sensitive as the church. Let us, Let us gather. Let us Worship together. Let's study God's word, and then let us go out and be light. Let us join Him in His work. And so, at the end of this chapter, at the end of chapter twelve, at the end of this passage, we are again reminded that the movement of the gospel cannot be stopped. Which is so what a what a great reminder. Again, we're like Herod, death, worms, twenty twenty four. What is come on? Now this is awesome. We get to see. Those who are lost will die. They are put. They they will be struck down, and they'll be without Christ. They'll be they'll be separated from Jesus for eternity in hell. That's I mean we see this truth. We are to let that put a fire in us to go and tell people about Jesus. But we also see that it doesn't. God cannot be mocked. But we also see that God's purposes cannot and never can will be thwarted. I just put that word thwarted. I thought that was a. It can't be hindered. It can't be stopped. Okay. Verses 24 through 25, look at those two verses again. It says, But the word of God increased and multiplied. And then Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. So we, we see that I mean, the gospel is moving. It just keeps on moving. The gospel cannot be stopped. It cannot be stopped. The word of God increased and multiplied. The word of the Lord continued to grow. That should be an encouragement to us, right? As we move into this new year, as we think about, what it means to grow and to learn about Christ, but then to go and be the light and to go and share the gospel. We we know and we have confidence that nothing is going to stop the movement of the gospel. No man, someone like Herod, did, did he stop the movement of the gospel? No, he tried, he tried, but he could not stop it. God, no man can stop God's plan. No government can stop the movement of the gospel. No nation, no terrorist group, no agenda, no philosophy, no teaching or, or false religion, nothing can stop the spread of the gospel. Amen? Do you believe it? Do you believe that? Or are we, are we scared? Or are we like, hey, Nothing's going to stop. We see it in history over and over. The movement of the gospel, people tried to stop, and God's word just kept moving. People kept being saved. The gospel kept moving. We are here 2024. We get to be a part of God's movement right now. Are we excited? Are we going? Are we going to be the light? Jesus himself stated, Matthew 16, 18, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's encouragement. This should give us hope. It should give us confidence. Some of us need to be reminded <clears throat> of this truth and this hope as we begin this new year. We need to be reminded that, that as children of God, we will, we will never be orphans. I mean, if you're a child of God, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Isn't that good news? We should be reminded that, that nothing can stop God's word. Um, God cannot be mocked. This, th- th- we should be reminded God is in control. Do you believe that? God is in control. God, God has always been in control of history. God's sovereignty, God's, God's purpose. He will never abandon us. He will, he will always be in control. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says this, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Maybe you ought to write that down and put it on your mirror, you know, memorize it, keep that in front of you. The Lord is my, we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Depression, we go back to that, you know, what's, what can we do? Be a part of the family of God. Stay in God's. Do you believe that God is in control? Do you believe in the power of prayer? Do you believe that God is being patient so that more people will come to salvation? Do you believe that God can use you? You believe God can use you. There's a lot of, a lot of good 2024 stuff here, right? God cannot be mocked. God's. God's, the, the gospel cannot be stopped. The movement of God cannot be stopped. Here is your 2024 challenge, okay? I'm going to bring it back around to you. You wanted your 2024 vision sermon? Here you go. It's a good one. It is brand new. It's fresh. You're like, oh yeah, Pastor Chris, with this brand new, fresh 2024 vision? Okay, I'm just kidding. It's not. It's the same thing over and over. It's just God's word. You want, you want a 2024 challenge here? It's this know God more, and then go make him known. <laughs> there it is. Know him, make him known. Know Jesus more, grow in him. Oh, and then go tell people about Jesus. It's just the same vision. It's what he said, his words, what Jesus taught. Know, know, Jesus said, know me, know me more. Get to know me, and then go tell people about Jesus. Know him, make him known. What should we be doing as, a ch- as God's children in 2024 and in 2025 and 2026 and for- forever? We should be spending time with Christ, spending time in his word, praying, worshiping with God's family, growing in him, and then sharing our faith with others, sharing our faith with our families, discipling our children, teaching them the word of God, discipling new believers that come to know him in our church, sharing the gospel with our coworkers, sharing the hope of Jesus with people in our schools, sharing Jesus with our neighbors and in our neighborhoods, with our friends, sharing Christ and look, keeping our eyes up, looking for opportunities at the ball fields as we, as we sit and watch or, as, or if we're on a team with someone, in the gyms as we go work out, as we wait in the lobbies for our kids at their ballet lessons or their music lessons or their volleyball practices. Know Christ, make him known. God is in control. Nobody can stop or hinder God's purposes. Nobody can stop the spread of the gospel. There are people that are lost like Herod. There are people that are lost, just people that that are not mean like Herod. They're They're just lost. But they have no excuse if they die. Who will be in hell separated from Christ for eternity? Will you go and tell them about Jesus? God, yes, again, hear me. You you can't go save them, okay? God is the one who s- pursues. God is the one who calls. God is the one who saves, but we get to join him in his work. Isn't that cool? Isn't that exciting? So 24, we're like, what we, what's 2024 going to bring? Well, why don't you join God and see what happens? Join him. Look, Lift up your eyes. Get up tomorrow and pray, Lord. Give me an opportunity. Where are you working? I want to go join you. I've got to go to work. So, Lord, maybe you're working somewhere there. I'm going to go join you. I'm going to go do what you called me to do. I'm going to go join you. Join him in his word. Let us be the beautiful feet. Let us lift our eyes up. Let us get connected to the source. I, I, I keep coming back to this. You're like, Chris, how do, I, how do I grow in Christ? How do I hear God's voice? How do I understand more? And I just I keep going back going, I could give you like a thousand books to read. Or you could just you could open this and 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 get connected to the source, get connected to the source, stay connected to this. Don't don't just carry the Bible around, don't just put on the Christian T-shirt and and have a church membership somewhere. Get connected and abide in Jesus, and then you're going to know Him better. You're going to know His Word. You're going to know His truth. You're going to know what you need to live. You're going to know. Just the love of God, and then you're going to know what it means to go and tell people about Jesus. Get connected to the actual source, not just a facade, not just not just driving to a church building, but get connected to God's word. There's a story many years ago, right right after World War II, about a, at a small town, a school in Texas, and there was an awful fire at a at a school, and and there was lots of i mean several people died several kids died and so the, the school is like we've got to do something so they they raised just tons and tons of money to put in this elaborate sprinkler system and they would they were so proud of it and for for years they would they were so proud they would they would send tours in like yeah we had this terrible fire but look at look at what they did Look at, this is how we protect our kids, and this is how we do all this stuff. Seven years after they installed that, someone finally realized that they had never actually connected the water to the sprinkler system. They had a look. It was kind of a, it's like, look at our safety. But it was not connected to the source. And I think about, I think about a lot of us as people. Like, we we come to church. We have Bibles laying around everywhere. We talk about church. We think about it as this kind of cultural thing. But are we truly connected? Are we in his word are we spending in time in prayer abiding god cannot be mocked and god's word will never be stopped the gospel will never be stopped will we join him in that 2024 here we go are you ready are you excited let's get connected connected to jesus let's open our eyes let's see where he's working let's join him in the movement of the gospel and get to experience just the joy of what that means to, to walk and to go and to be beautiful feet and to be, to to be used by him. Here we go. Let's pray. God, thank you for, we are again reminded of what it means when we're, we're saying, let's get going, let's get going. And so Lord, I pray, I pray that this church, that we would, we would examine our own lives. We would, we would see and examine the sin that's, blocking our relationship with you a closeness that we would confess that we make priorities and disciplines in our life to to be connected to the body of Christ uh, to worship to be in part of this community those those things lord i pray that ultimately we would we would make disciplines in our life to be connected to your word to your truth and oh how that changes up, and how that brings a sensitivity to us to to get our eyes up and to see where you're working to join you in your work to keep our eyes on the prize, to run and chase after, to chase after Jesus. And I do pray. I pray that that's what a powerful passage as we see. A man who was lost, who just thought he was so great and did not, did not stop and say, No, I'm not, I am not God. He enjoyed being told that he was like a God. He was without excuse. You, you cannot be mocked. And then we see at the end of that, just as he tried so hard to stop things that you were doing and then you remind us that your word just continue to multiply and people continue to be and we have confidence as you show us clearly that that your ways your purposes the gospel cannot be hindered it cannot be stopped that you're in control let that bring us confidence as we go and make you known to others as we be the light as we be a church that that shines the hope of Jesus and that that Tells people there really is hope. And we do pray that this this year we would, just like we pray every year, just that we would be more sensitive, that our light would shine brighter, that we'd be more sensitive to sharing you with others, that, that people would be drawn to this place and, and be connected to this community. Not because it's cool, it's because it is of you. They experience the family of God. So, God, we just we give you all the glory this morning. We do. We give you the glory because you are God, the one true God. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for salvation in Christ alone. And I pray if there's anyone here that's, that's come here, that's hearing this, or that's going to hear this online at some point, and they're being pursued by you, I pray that they would call on the name of the Lord. And If there's anyone here sitting out here this morning that needs salvation, they know that you're calling to call on the name of Jesus. We love you. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen.